Morning, church. Today's scripture lesson is from Psalm 146, and I'm reading from the uh, Common English Bible translation. Praise the Lord. Let my whole being praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Don't trust leaders. Don't trust any human beings. There's no saving help with them. Their breath leaves them, they go back to the ground. And on that very same day, their plans die too. The person whose help is the God of Jacob, the person whose hope rests on the Lord their God, is truly happy. God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. God who is faithful forever, gives justice to people who are oppressed, who gives bread to people who are starving. The Lord who frees prisoners, the Lord who makes the blind to see, the Lord who straightens up those who are bent low, the Lord who loves the righteous, the Lord who protects immigrants, who helps orphans and widows, but who makes the way of the wicked twist and turn. The Lord will rule forever. Zion, your God, will rule from one generation to the next. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Well, I was, I was trying to decide which scripture to teach today, and um, I picked this one because I feel like I'm among friends when I come here. I like you guys. Oh, thanks. And I think it's because I like getting to know you. You're all so different. It's hard to make assumptions about who you're going to be and what you're going to say next. I love that about you. And if I wanted to worship alone, I could, and I would do it. But I like when you're logged in from home, and I know you're out there. Or you're here, and I can see part of your face. I like that. And then sometimes I can even tell if you're like, Smiling with your eyes. I like that. I like the way you sing and the way you participate in the worship service. And something about your presence, even when you're just sitting, makes me feel like I'm not the only person who needs this. And it makes makes me think if I need help, when I feel hopeless or powerless, you'll be there. So as I began to think about the scripture options for today, I've decided what I wanted to tell you, but I also decided I wanted to ask you some things. Uh, I wanted one thing in particular. So I'm going to invite you in a couple minutes to participate in a way that um, we don't usually participate. So I'm going to We're going to go through a little bit of a fun exercise. You won't have to move around or anything too vulnerable like that. But I think it'll help us to get to know each other a little bit. 
And you know, I'm a community organizer, so I like to do this kind of stuff anyway. Okay, so this, this is a, a little thing that we do when we're trying to understand one another in large group without exposing anybody beyond their consent, right? So <clears throat> I'm not gonna ask you to vote. I'm just gonna ask you to like, tell me what you're thinking if you so choose. This is how it's gonna work. Some of you have probably done this before and if you have, you can like help the person around you who seems totally lost, okay? This basically just be your normal urban gray self. You help the person who feels totally lost. That's what you do. Okay. So I'm going to say an idea, and then you'll choose how many fingers you want to use to show us what you think about the idea. So if you love the idea, you will probably raise your hand and feel a little bit like you're volunteering for something, but you don't. That's not what I'm asking you to do. It's just like this. Like, yes, I am in 100. Okay. And... If you think that the idea is dangerous, terrible, damaging, then you want to actively work against it. And so you would go like this. No, I'm going to fight that idea. That's dangerous for you and everyone I love, right? OK. So if I say to you, let's practice. We're going to practice this. If I say to you, let's go out to lunch after worship today. We'll go to Freight House Square. We'll go to lunch. And if you raise your hand to show me you're planning to attend, you would raise like this, right? And if you feel like, oh, no, that's a terrible idea. I do not think lunch is a good idea at all, especially with you people. No, danger. Don't go out in public together. Shame on your house and your family, right? No. Okay. The other thing that happens to us, though, is that sometimes we're in the middle, like, um, if I need a ride, then I'm like a two or three, like, Elisa, can you come? I need a ride. Or I, I'm not sure how much this is going to cost me, and I don't have a lot of disposable income, because I'm a single mom, person of color, working for the government. So <laughs> help me out, okay? That's three. And I have, if I have, like, some questions, and I'm skeptical, and I need to hold on to that, like, I don't know, I, I'm, I really need to check in with you guys about why you're even spending money like this, because there are starving children right here in Tacoma. Then I'm at a four, okay? And all of these are viable options, right? So let's practice it right now. Let's say, okay, lunch, after service at Freight House Square, where are you at? You like, no terrible idea? Maybe like... I don't know why we're doing this. I don't think it's a good idea. I won't actively fight against you. But, eh. or like, hey, I would love to come, but I need a ride. Those kinds of things. Okay? We don't usually do this kind of thing in church. But, you know, it's me. I'm in charge right now. <laughs> so I get up here and I get all excited about something I want to tell you about from the scripture. I want to tell you about Psalm 146 and how praising God is good for me. I love doing it. And then I want to drill down into um, the doxology. 
because I got so excited this week. I was like, yes, I love the doxology. I love the way it sounds. I've always loved it from when I was little. When I was little, we went to a Presbyterian church that was led by this Scottish guy. I'm not kidding you. And we did the Gloria Patri every week. And he did this Scottish thing. It was fantastic. Glory be to the Father and to... Okay. And then, as I grew up, then we started to use this one, which, I don't know, it just feels like when we get in there, I feel like we're all, like, kind of in this, like, oh, for a minute. So I love it, right? But... Honestly, the psalm also says that, like, you can't necessarily trust me because I'm not God, as much as sometimes I think I am in charge. I'm not. So I, I really wanted to know how you feel about this. Like, has anyone ever asked you about the doxology before? Has anybody ever taught you about the doxology? Have you, did you, like, you see the word? Does it register? Is that the point in the service where you're thinking about what you got to do next? Does it matter? And so I was thinking we could, we could do this. We could like, you could show me if you want to. Tell me about yourself and the doxology. So here's, here's the, the thing we can use. I will say, how about we do the doxology every single week? How does that sit with you? Are you like, yes, 100? No, I don't like the language. It's violent and different to me. I don't want to be a part of that, right? Or maybe you're like at a two. You're like, I'm, I'm not sure about this. This feels like I'm being indoctrinated. Or maybe you're at like a four. Like, I'm not going to fight against you guys. I don't know, right? And, and it's not just for me that you're showing your hands. Sometimes it's because the people next to you don't really know how you feel about the doxology. Because it's not like we talk about it. How was your doxology today? It was so good. It was so lovely. The thing is, here's the way we worship at Urban Grace. We mean what we say when we say, participate in the full life of the church. It's not in spite of your opinions or your wounds or what makes you feel different. It's because of your unique individual expression of worship. And that might sound all sunshine and daisies like you're supposed to bring your very best and that's why we love you. But what it actually looks like in real life is not sunshine and daisies. And what I have experienced this to mean is that you're welcome to be a part of this church and worship and lunch and youth group. And it's not because we can ignore what makes you different or tolerate what makes you hurt. It's because we want to know and love what makes you, what makes you feel different, whether you love it or don't. And we want to learn from what makes you feel special or what makes you feel set apart and isolated. And I know this sounds crazy, but I do love the doxology. I do want to praise God for the things that make you who you are. 
whether that's because you're here to, hear, here to heal from an addiction or because you're here with an unspoken secret hope that only God can bring to life. I know I love to stand for the doxology. I have that privilege and that strength in my legs. And I do not take that for granted. But I also love that there are those of you who can sit down and your heart rises up. And I love knowing that in this place, it's okay not to sing. It's okay to hold back, hold on to skepticism and questions, to refrain from the refrain at any point in the service. It's a gift and a privilege that I can stand here and say with confidence there's absolutely no way as a leader in this congregation that I get to judge you for not praising God. I know this is mind-blowing. I don't get to judge you for not praising God. I love the way the music feels and I love that ohm sensation. The doxology is this fancy thing, formal term for any time that we stop and just kind of take a breath and notice what God is doing comes from the Jewish tradition of pause and say thank you. And while it is formal, it's also full of grace and mercy. Psalm 146 is a doxology of sorts. It fits the broad definition. But it's also a gentle reminder that God knows when we praise and when we don't want to. God knows when we feel anything but grateful. And God is better than me because God doesn't have to pull you. The scripture tells us that God is okay with our sadness and wants to meet our needs so that we can break free from whatever is keeping us from joy. It says, don't put your trust in your leaders. I mean, you can, but they also, their plans die with them. So go for it, but also bigger things are at play here. It says, God gives the sight to the blind. God lifts up those who have been pushed down, bent over under the burden. God loves the righteous and asks that you hold on to whatever makes your unique expression of God's goodness. God sets the prisoners free, whether the prison walls are built of bricks or shame or mental illness. God watches over our immigrants and anyone who's been told that they don't belong because they don't behave a certain way. God, not me. God sustains the fatherless and the widow. Even though I cannot get past my anger and grief at how many people we have lost in the last months. So when you think about the doxology... I think any response will be absolutely beautiful to this God who lifts up the face of one who bowed low. 
any response you have will be beautiful to the God of the fatherless and the widowed. Any response, because God's watching over us and understanding why we have the response we have on any given day. And God knows there are those of us who sing it out as some kind of plea that God will show up and comfort us. It's like I said in the beginning of the sermon. I like you. I don't tolerate you. I don't gloss over what makes you different. I actually like getting to know you. I like that you might have a different response to the doxology. I don't know where we agree or disagree. I don't know your secret struggles, and you don't know mine. But God does. And God has given us this time and this place and this table around which we may gather to ponder all these things. In the grace of the diverse expressions of holy love that binds us together. Amen.